Uh, all right, we're recording another program on the 12th of February, and there's a lot of stuff to get to. Why don't we do something novel and actually start the show when we start the show? This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico. From our well-equipped Kite Beach facility in Cabarete, Dominican Republic, with a view of the beach. And from Lisa's dining room table next to Trendy Sticks in a Vase. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now here are two men who lost their interest in the historic Super Bowl overtime game because they had to go pee. You know, they're really have to go kind. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Thank you, Dan Duran. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Fred. Thank you for uh, surviving another day. Thank you, guys, for letting me have it spot on this beautiful show. Thank you for being on our beautiful show, Dan. Because we know you're a busy man. That's right. Busy. Yes. You know, we, yeah. It, it's funny because I, I, I was thinking about the Super Bowl last night, what we're going to talk about, and what kept coming back to my mind is, did Dan actually sit down and watch it so he could actually contribute today to some aspect of the game? Well, yes, I did. We spent some time figuring out how to connect to it, and finally found a, found a route. And we, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't understand that right away. You don't have when you say you had to figure out a, a way to connect to it, like it was hard to find, or you don't have a television. No, I don't have. Uh, there's no cable in this house. We're all, you know, we've cut the cord, so wow. we had to figure out how to connect to it. And uh, I just about had to subscribe to uh, TSN for a month, but uh, Lisa's son figured a, 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 way, a workaround. A workaround. I love those. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what he did, uh, but we uh, we managed to get in uh, right right at the end of the first quarter. You know that's um, that's the one thing about the cord cutting. I mean, people boast about it and say, "Yeah, I've cut the cord." But I mean, you have to deal with live sporting events on some level, like. Because when you cut the cord, obviously, there's all sorts of those free services where you can watch stuff, you know, old stuff and recorded stuff. But the live stuff, you've got to figure it out. And sometimes that costs you a few bucks. It does. Well, you know, because the beautiful people over at Bel Air decided that I have to subscribe. I don't know why they don't don't do an event thing. Like, you can just do it for that one event. But I had to subscribe for a month. (laughs) Oh, silly Dan. Oh, silly Dan. (laughs) Dan, did, have you not heard about Bell, the company? They just every January after they say let's talk, they fire everybody and then yeah. shut down radio stations. This is the same company. That's here's right. what we're here's here's what we're going to do for all you people considering a subscription. Don't because when the big events come on, right. you can have them for free. And and what I thought you were going to do, but let me just back up. Every January, Bell as a corporation gets together and focuses on mental health so that we can all come together and have a conversation about the scourge that is yeah. taking society. And then a few weeks later, we fire everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. Once yeah, they're good and depressed. This yeah. one's what, like 10% of the workforce? Yeah, 40, 4,800 people or something like that. Yeah, one thing I like, though, they have 103 radio stations. They're selling off 45, which is I, which is great. All small market. Give them back to small, small market. Ownership. 
Yeah. So they so they can start doing their job again. Serving Actually, their communities. In, in Peterborough, there's uh, three Bell stations. There's one in Lindsay and the and the two mm-hmm. here. They were sold to. My understanding is is they were sold to Durham Broadcasting, yeah. which yes. is a good company. And, yeah, and I, I was going to say say there's lots of small radio companies like Durham and a few others in these smaller markets that would be only too happy to have those radio stations back, and maybe Bell by jettison jettisoning them will finally you know get out of the radio yeah. business, which they're not that great at. No. Our buddy John Pohl, who owns my FM, he bought, he's buying a, a few of them, too. Yeah. Quite the story, that guy. Oh, yeah. He's buying up radio stations. I'd love to see that business plan. Anyway, I digress. Well, we all digress. Here we are again, and uh, I'm glad you... So, did you actually watch the game? Did you watch the halftime show? What are your impressions, Dan? Because usually, this is left to Frederick and I. But I am uh, curious. Give me an overview. Or do you guys want to save the Super Bowl until later in the show? Well, it's up to you because you guys host this show. I, I, I got my opinions, but, uh, you know, I, I go ahead. Well, it's fresh out of the oven. The Super Bowl. Why not? Yeah. And uh, well, let's begin with Dan Duran then. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was uh, cheering for the Chiefs and, uh, you know, the end of the game. I, 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 there was nobody here that knows the game like both of you guys. And so my, my I had lots of questions I could not ask. <laughs> And uh, by the time we got to the overtime thing, it's like I had so many questions. Like, what do they mean? It's a br- like a brand new game. And when is it over? And, you know, is there a second, a second quarter in the new game? Or what, what's going to happen? No, no, then, no. I get it. Yeah, down. those are good questions beside, because the NFL overtime, as Fred has educated me this year, in the regular season, it's different mm-hmm. than in the Super Bowl. No, I sat here, too. And it, we weren't clear either because I knew there had been rule changes. Like, basically, now in the postseason, everybody gets a touch, meaning in the regular season, if you get the ball on the flip and score a touchdown, the game's over. Mm -hmm. Well, in the playoffs, you get to reply. Uh, But once each team has had a touch, so to speak, the next team to score under any circumstance wins the game. It's sudden death. But, Daniel, interestingly enough... One of the wrinkles to that is, so Fred's the team that gets the ball first... And while Fred's, you know, running a play, the defensive team intercepts and brings it back for a touchdown, the game's over. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because that counts as the other team has had a chance to touch Mm -hmm. the ball. Yep. Wow. And the other thing. Minefields in that. eh? Well, and, and the other thing that I wasn't clear on, clear on until the last seconds and and Romo for all the hate he's getting today because a bunch of people are you know not Romo fans, but during the last few seconds of the game, he said, "Hey, and for all you people who are out there wondering why they're not taking a timeout, and I was one of them," he said, "This is just running out the quarter. There will be another quarter." And I was like, "Wow!" I, I, well, I which didn't. was good, yeah, because you know. Um and the reason he said that regular season, once that 15 minutes runs out, the game can end in a tie. The NFL has ties, if mm-hmm. at the end of 15 minutes. Very rarely happens, but it happens. So, again, from that standpoint, with them changing the rules and the timing factor, yeah, it was a bit It was confusing for me. And I watched, like you, the NFL all season long. 
So it sort of had to be clarified, like, let's have a reboot here on exactly how this works. Right. And, but it didn't, didn't. Once he said it, because I was sitting here with my brother, David, going, take a time out. It was like nine seconds, six. Seconds. And he said, and he, as he, he sort of expressed, I thought, what most people were thinking, which is, mm-hmm. as long as you have possession, mm-hmm. it, we, you're going to go. He said, it's like you're in the first quarter. It's going to continue into the next quarter until that series of plays is done. Yeah. Just like. The, the regular part of the game. Right. Because my sweet little wife who wanted Kansas City, I was cheering for San Francisco. She was cheering for Kansas City because my grandson, Johnny Slapshot, likes Kansas City. So she's cheering. And then as that quarter, overtime quarter was uh, running down, she's going, come on, come on, you're running out of time. And then I explained to her at that situation what the situation was. I'll tell you why I was... Uh Cheering for Kansas City. It's very simple. It's it's the old sports thing where Kansas City beat the team that I'm my team, the Bills. So I was like, okay, and I like Kansas City. I, I started liking them last year when I saw that and Netflix series on uh, quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes. So I was enjoying that game, although um, David, who hasn't, he used to play football. My older brother played football in high school and said he hadn't watched an NFL game in a long time. We were talking about the my renewed interest in it. But I said early in the game, and I said this to him, I said, listen, don't you worry about Kansas City. <laughs> this thing is long from over. Right. Um, you like Kansas City because they got some crazy little women there, right? Yeah. By the way, that's Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Not Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah. There was a... Kansas uh, City. Kansas City, Kansas is like a little town almost. Well, like somebody City, should have Missouri told like a city. somebody should have told the former president that in 2020 because a a tweet resurfaced <clears throat> a tweet resurfaced yesterday of him congratulating the the Kansas City Chiefs the last time they came back and won the Super Bowl in 20, and he said in the tweet, "Everyone in the country is proud of you, um, including the great state of Kansas." <laughs> he had no he had sad. no idea. Which I'm sure the people in Kansas were happy, but we know what he was talking about. He thought the he thought the Kansas City Chiefs played in Kansas. Yeah, yeah, sad. Yeah, he has no idea what's uh, with. Yeah, anyway, we're not going to talk about that. Well, at some point, we will hopefully get into the fact that man, he he was tweeting yesterday, giving Taylor Swift shit, and Mm -hmm. because she wasn't cheering for him. Like, if we can get to the crazy narcissism of Donald Trump at some point, because that's something we've never spoken about before. (laughs) Let me just give you the heads up here. Um, Real time with Bill Maher, Friday night, one of the panelists was Bob Costas. And you know how well-spoken he is? Yes, I do. If you get the chance, listen to that. Listen to him go at Trump. Would you like... it was funny. Well, it's funny. Funny. Strange. Funny. Uh, Hi. I I have a clip right here of Bob Costas going after uh, Joe Biden. Would you like to hear it? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he, which he did as well. Yeah. Is that a yes? You'd like to hear it? Yeah, sure. Comes to Biden. This is like the truth that no one until very recently wants to say out loud. But my friends will tell you I've been saying it for four years. This is Emperor's New Clothes stuff. Joe Biden should have run on a firm promise that he would be a one-term president. The only reason he is president is that he's not Donald Trump. Then the Dems could have gotten a lot of people up in the bullpen, and they could have sorted through those people. If Biden's hubris is such 
that he doesn't understand the best interests of his party and more important, his country, then he has to be shown the door. Period. Yeah, I have always loved true. Bob Costas. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you like him, too. I, I, but that phrase he used, they could have gotten some people up in the bullpen. is great. When, before I listen to that show, because I'm thinking they're going to talk politics, I'm thinking, where will he be on Trump? Because there's a lot of people have decided for marketing reasons, for career reasons, that they don't go there because they don't want to alienate half the country, right? Yeah. But he, did, he didn't care. So he did. And that all makes sense about Biden. I mean, that's all true, true, true. But the way he goes after Trump is just an, an evildoer. Uh, it's yeah, I'm going to go back. I, I didn't get that clip. I only had, I found that clip of him talking about Biden, which I thought you'd enjoy because it is true. And it's we, a lot of people have been saying that it, 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 the, it's the perfect storm for Donald Trump because the and it's weird how the mental acuity of Joe Biden is now in play or has been in play. But but Trump's isn't in play and it's insane. Well, absolutely. It's insane in a different way. Um but you talk about marketing and promotion and, and sending out the wrong, wrong signals. The president always is interviewed for the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl. Yeah, the last and couple they of years. Declined. Huh? What is that saying other than they're afraid of how he would pre- present himself? Like, what else is that saying? What, like, what possible excuse or reason would you have for not letting the president just t- have some fun with a Super Bowl interview? And it's been the last two years he hasn't done it. Yeah, it's weird. Why? Political well, that's why. Too, too high, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, he made some... Listen, I, I, heard, I listened to all the Sunday shows yesterday as I was driving back and forth to the Cancun airport, which I will do for you, Dan, even though it's a treacherous, dangerous road. How much will you charge me for that? that will, there will be no charge, NC. Oh, really? Wow. So I'm listening to a bunch of panels talking about this very thing about... It's just too bad, as Bob Costas said, that they didn't allow the Democratic Party to start getting some people warmed up. But I agree. I don't think it's too late. You could, if you bring in the right person, it, they'll be swept up in a, you know, a surge of like newness and excitement. And anyway, well, let's get back to what's that, Daniel? Back to the game. Let's get back to the game. I said that that's all a, a big risk. You know, well, if you do change change the candidate now, it's a big risk, and it uh, you, there's been promises made, I'm sure, to Kamala Harris. There's all kinds of back channel stuff going on there. You know what's going to happen? They're going to be talking to Biden one day, and then all of a sudden you're going to look down and like he'll be peeing his pants or something. You'll see a big pee. Stick. <laughs> I mean, that's where it's all leading to. Oh, absolutely. Like he that, that the, the they were going to bring charges of impeachment against him, mm-hmm. and the uh, attorney general, whoever was in charge of impeachments, basically said, you know, we we de- we deposed the guy, but he's like, it's like an old grandpa. I didn't remember when he was vice president. Really, wasn't sure when he became. I mean, it's he's. It's just sad. Well, hold on here. You were, it's not the impeachment. It was the uh, special counsel, right, to see if there was. Report. On the documents, right? But on just the, on the, okay. But they were—he was being deposed to see if there was a case there to bring articles of impeachment, and they no. decided not to. No, no, not articles of impeachment. No. They were deposing Charges. him. 
for the for whether or not he's retained the documents okay. to be so, charged about the the top secret documents. top secret documents. Okay, yes. well, okay, so it was an impeachment, right? But whatever it was, he was shown to be basically a man, an aging, kind man. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Also, it was kind of a hit job because from everything I heard about that mm-hmm. is that that legal document that was issued, the report that was issued of why the, they weren't going to charge him mm-hmm. was, well, I mean, with Pence, it was like a three-page a three document. This was a 275-page document, and it had nothing to, like that, those opinions about his whatever mental his acuity mental state yeah. was had yeah. nothing to do with yeah. whether or not he retained documents uh, or not. Understood. And, okay. and so it was like a hit job. It wasn't necessarily true. I mean, you know, like if, if, like they're using what's the thing they were talking about? His son's uh, Bo death date, Bo's right. death date, and he couldn't date. remember it. No, no. And by the way, Dan, again, thank you for clearing this up because I was wrong about the impeachment. But I'll tell you what, and and that's not the reason they and the and the mental acuity is not the reason that they're not going ahead with it. But there is definitely forget even with even if this wasn't a conversation. There's some mental decline. That's Bob Costas's point right. that he's not the guy. He's not the man for the hour. That guy that released that report, as I heard it explained, he's not a therapist. He's not a psychologist. He's not a psychiatrist. That just didn't belong in that report. He yeah. is in no position to make that determination as obvious as it is. So you're right. It was a hit job because he's a big Trumper and he's a, a Republican and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we've we've just seen this act before on both sides. So it's it's quite tedious. But would you not anyway, Dan, both agree, Dan, or Dan, would you not agree that hit job aside, politic, politics aside, this isn't the first time that Joe Biden's, you know, fitness for office. And I, I, I've said this, you've said this a thousand times on this show. If there were anyone else running against Trump. They'd be wiping the floor with him because it's only close because of the country. By the way, there the one of the stats I heard yesterday: some eighty percent, eighty plus percent of Americans think he's too old for the job, and that includes Democrats and Republicans. And yet, for some reason, I, yeah, they don't yeah. they don't think Trump is. He's only three years younger, and he's also making gaffes and doddering on the uh, campaign trail. Yeah, and which which mental brain do you want on the country? I guess is a good question. But it's a very good question. For, neither for Biden, <laughs> neither. But if you don't have that option, which one do you go for? Right. Yeah. So, what other observations, Dan, did you make from the game? Uh, that uh, I think I did not know who was Mahone was before, and I, I figured Mahone, that out. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was good. I don't know who Mahone is. <laughs> Mahone's Mahone's is right. Yeah, it's okay. Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. Mahomes. He is now the... Uh, He's an old Irish guy. Old yeah. Oh, Mahomes. Oh, that's all Mahomes in... Oh, look at him there. He's got a funny helmet. Yeah, he's pretty good at football. Two-time league MVP. Three-time Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. You know, that game down uh, came down to that uh, extra point that was missed, too, eh? Mm-hmm. Because when Kansas City came down to tie the game in regulation time, if that extra point had been good, they would have had to score a touchdown there, which ultimately they didn't. Of course, on fourth down, they would have gone for it and maybe scored because they do those things. Yes. But that was huge. That was a huge part of the game, that missed extra point. Oh, yeah. 
Um, Patrick Mahomes has so many different records and quarterback leads in so many quarterback categories. But I think the one that is the most telling about his talent is that, and I, I'm going to m- fumble through this, but it's percentage of comeback wins over all the Montanas and Brady's. The, the next, he, he's at an 800 percentile. Uh, mm-hmm. In these, in the to to come back and win the next quarterback, and it's some of the big, greatest ever played. There, the next one is four hundred. It's not even yeah. close. And again, as I sat here the other, last night with my brother, and we're talking about the game, and he didn't know much about Kansas City, and I said, you know, because it was kind of a shitty start, and it was it wasn't super exciting. And I, I watched a lot of the uh, Phoenix. Uh, overtire extra holes with our Canadian boy Nick Taylor. We'll talk about him later, but but I said to David on several occasions, I said this is just getting started. Patrick Mahomes, at, there's at some point he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, and he how was. much does he make? Fifty million a year. And how much does Kelsey make? Not fifty million a year. No, he'd be probably, I don't know, twelve, thirteen, maybe. I think as a tight end. Yeah, there's big big discrepancies with NFL quarterbacks. They they are the league. And that's the way it works. But is, is uh, that valid, do you think? To have that that disparity? Well, you saw it last night. If it's not for Patrick Mahomes, they don't win that game. Yeah, it's the free market system. It's the entertainment industry. That's the way it is. It's why, you know, Tom Cruise gets 30 million a film and somebody else gets 10 million. It all depends right. what you you know what you bring to the to the show. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, he's something else. There's no doubt about it. Again, me, you know, I live in the past so much. I, the whole time I'm sitting there just thinking of that one pass, Josh Allen to Sharif in the end zone. If somebody hadn't hit his hip, it could have been the Buffalo Bills in no. that game. But what are you going to do? In the end, you know, the cream rises to the top. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> And you could feel it. That I think the, Purdy was just a little overwhelmed. Yeah, I was going to that situation. That. Yeah, you know, I, I love talking about pressure in sports, and I love seeing how it impacts. It's one of the things I think, Dan, that you know maybe you wouldn't relate to, but I think you could if you understood that it's sports is more for me, and maybe Freddie, but for me, for sure, it's more about how athletes act in situations. And what you just said there, Fred, I had written down. That this per- so the game starts, a San Francisco quarterback, everything's going his way, pass after pass, play after play. They're, 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 they're stopping the, uh, the, the defense is stopping Kansas City. Everything looks great. And then when they, the pressure starts to mount in the third quarter, you looked at his stats there, Fred. They went from you know, uh, a high percentage of completions to almost none. Mm-hmm. They, they were... You could just see him tighten up all of a sudden. It wasn't as it wasn't as freewheeling, right? And part of that, I know Romo and those guys mentioned it, but, but part of that is just human nature. When things tighten up, you're you know all of a sudden the hands are a little tighter on the ball. And conversely, looking at Mahomes, it was almost he was enjoying the oh, situation because yeah. he's been there before. It's like, oh, how can I do it this time? And there's nothing like obviously experience you know having been there before and he has and again you know the word dynasty is being used now and so it should three of the last five they played in what four of the last five 
Yeah, that's a bit of a dynasty. And, you know, the question is now, over his career, is he going to rival Tom Brady as the GOAT? And and where does Josh Allen fit into that and some other guys, you know? Hard to believe you're, you're even having a conversation about that, thinking, given how long Brady played. Brady has two more Super Bowls, Dan, than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has only been in the league six years. And he's this close. If they win next year, which they, you know, the nucleus of that team will be there. It'll be the first and only time in the history of the NFL that somebody has won three in a row. Yeah. And again, I sitting there keep thinking, oh, I wish this was Buffalo playing tonight, being a Bills fan. And then I thought, you know, you mentioned Nick Taylor about 4.30. I thought, oh, I'll watch some NFL pregame stuff. So when I turned the television on, the tournament was on. I saw Nick Taylor was on the leaderboard, obviously in contention. And I didn't start watching the Super Bowl till halftime. No, I know. And the reason I didn't start watching the Super Bowl till halftime is because Nick Taylor, he's a Canadian. I love that kind of stuff. And then I'm thinking to myself, if the Bills were in the Super Bowl, would I have done that? I don't know, but I don't know. Just uh, seeing a Canadian in a situation like that, because that's a pretty big tournament, right? The Phoenix Open. It's one of the, it's one of the, yeah, outside of majors, there's three or four that are massive. So I was sitting with Buddy Doug and he was tracking the score of the, of the, um, of the football game. And, you know, in the first half is appeared to be pretty boring. So we weren't missing much, but to a person sitting in the room and there was about half a dozen of us yesterday, Doug's brothers down here and his buddy. The consensus was no. Let's watch this golf. <laughs> well, you know where <laughs> seriously Dave, this is. Huh? David and I are sitting here. You know, mega golf fans started watching the Super Bowl, and I I was keeping track of where Nick Taylor was. Um, so on the fifteenth hole, he's I think at that point two back or three, whatever it was. Then he birdies fifteen, sixteen, and eighteen. And on the 18th, Holy sinks that putt to tie. I never went back to the Super Bowl. Same thing until halftime. Until he, then, then he birdies it three more times. Was it the third playoff hole or the second playoff hole? Second. It was the second. So he birdies it three times in a row. Within an hour. Within an hour. He is, see, there's a great example of a guy that has been there before, and so is Charlie Hoffman. But Charlie Hoffman is on the older side of a, he's on, he's on the end of his career. He's won before, but he hasn't won in a long time. And good on him. He's an older dude on, you know, as tour players go, he's his mid-40s. But Nick Taylor has had a lot of experience recently of being in contention. And you could just see, he just looked so at ease, you know, just... Intense, but at ease. Although somebody in our room said that, uh, you know, Charlie looked a lot more relaxed than Nick did. But again, Nick, you know, it's just a different appearance or form of focus. You're right. He's been there. Obviously, he's already won this year. But um, what I what draws me to that, too, is they wanted Charlie Hoffman, like the announcers. Of course. They wanted him to win because... He's been involved with waste management for years and blah, blah, blah. And he's at the end of his career. So it just fuels your fire a little bit more for the Canadian guy in a situation like that. Well, and I don't know if you stuck around, but Adam Hadwin and Corey Connors, the other two big Canadian stars on the tour, were all hanging around waiting for him. I love that stuff. You know, I I, I wouldn't have watched that. I, I would not have watched any of it if Nick Taylor hadn't been a Canadian. 
Like it, if it, I mean, as much as I would have normally watched the WM Phoenix Open, it was the fact that it was Nick Taylor who just last year won the Canadian Open. And he's kind of a, yeah. he's a, he's a, one of the biggest names in Canadian golf. And it was cool. Well, same here. I mean, yeah, without, if I'd have flipped that on, the only thing that will draw me to that now is if I'm, there's nothing else on, I put golf on and like, you know, two guys are battling or three guys are battling for the lead. No matter who they are, I like that. Um, but Super Bowl day, that wouldn't have kept me with golf. Of course. I'm like you. The only thing that drew me there was Nick Taylor. I was very surprised, Dan, because, you know, I'm going back and forth between the golf and the football. And the football, admittedly, you know, wasn't, you know, super exciting the first, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. And I looked down at the Fred man and he says, uh, still haven't put the Super Bowl on yet watching Nick Taylor. I'm like, all right. <laughs> we got ourselves a ball game. You've converted him. Well, I, I but I got it right away. I knew exactly the uh, the sentiment. It's a Canadian guy. We're in a, on a big stage. I don't know if we have time or you want to get into. There was a lot of controversy around that tournament this weekend. It's the uh, highest attended tournament by numbers on the PGA Tour. They sell a couple hundred thousand tickets a day, and it's a shit show. Fans get hammered. There were fights that broke out in the stands. Like, you know, they were chirping players. Got a bunch of players had to tell them to fuck off, shut up. There's all these clips online of just fat American fans sliding down, you know, embankments, hammered out of their heads. Sounds like a Bills game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it's like a football game breaks out. And, and what's, they've encouraged it over the years because they, you know, they built this stadium, Dan, around one of the holes. It's become famous. That's fascinating. Yeah. They've, imagine, Dan, a 20,000-seat um, amphitheater around a par-3 hole. So right at the uh, pin? Oh, oh no, all around. So from the all around, oh, ringing the entire three, hole. So it's short. Yeah, so it's uh, 100 and whatever yards. Some hundred. Looks like a big horseshoe around them. Yeah, and, and, and that's how it started years ago. That They made this special hole, and that's where the fans would go and get hammered and, and boo the players, and it was kind of fun. A very rare thing on a tour event. But now the whole tournament's like that. So it's one big tailgate party. It's a big tailgate party. And there's a lot of things. I don't want to get, it doesn't matter if we get into it. But it was a lot of controversy surrounding the fans' behaviors. And, and, and has this tournament gone too far? Well, you know, with golf, there's a certain decorum that is followed generally, even by the fans. And uh, they've lost that a bit. Do you think it's a younger demographic? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you you know who who but who but a younger demographic can sit and drink a beer in the sun all day, right? Yeah, I think it all stems from you know guys playing music, rock music while they're playing golf. You know, it's putting awful <laughs> thoughts in people's heads. <laughs> That's I what mean, it is. I don't like it. I'm an old man. I'm going to be 68, not a golf course. I don't want to hear rock music. Well, I just don't. <laughs> you know, just, maybe there's a whole new attitude now. I, I, I've learned to put up with it, but uh, I don't really love it. But if if you will um, allow me, I went to, last weekend to uh, just north of here 
uh, to a golf course called Mayakoba. And Dan, the other big league, it's called the Live League. You've heard of that, Live Golf. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they had their tournament there. And, you know, they, they have now signed a couple of the biggest players in the game. They signed away John Rahm, who it would be like, now that you know who Patrick Mahomes is, it would be like if a rival league signed Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's how big in golf John Rahm is. So I went to the tournament and I had a great time. They're blaring rock music all over the golf course. The, the, the tournament people are. Like, they've got speakers, Dan, wired all around this 18-hole property. And it's not super loud, but on the first tee it is. And it's a pretty neat little atmosphere. But I told you that 200,000 people bought tickets yesterday to the PGA Tour event. Last Sunday when I was at this professional golf tournament there were two thousand people period that's a big difference a big difference where they're making their mistake from my perspective is the three round thing people people are conditioned to think that a major golf tournament or a golf tournament professional golf tournament is four rounds nobody's wearing shorts you know what i mean that's all conditioned into people's brains this is the way a golf tournament and it's almost like it's almost like gimmicky, you know? It is and, gimmicky. And I don't and that's why and you know that whole thing nobody's bigger than the call letters of a radio station, nobody's yes. bigger than the league, nobody you know what I mean? All totally these guys agree. they've signed no, nobody's bigger than the PGA. You know that logo that they just aren't. So I'm not surprised by that. And look at the entertainment yesterday. Um, um, uh, with uh, the waste management of the PGA Tour. You know, when it gets the exposure for television, it's competitive right to the end. And and so the live, the live supporters would say, hey, look, two no-name guys, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't but, matter. But doesn't matter because the sport creates the stars. And, That's and, right. And what you just said, I'm going to steal that again because you that, that idea of, you know, we've been talking about this as partners for a long time, that Nobody's bigger than the call letters and a lot of people that we competed against in radio that dusted us were behind bigger call letters than Edge 102. It just was the case. So to your point yesterday, so let me just tell you quick, Dan. So I go to this tournament and for someone like me, it was fantastic because I'd never seen John Rom play. So because there's so few people. You know, when they're warming up, I was like from here to there. John Rahm's on the putting green. I'm just watching it. I go and then I follow him to the chipping area. I'm like taking videos of him doing that. On the first tee, there was of of the 2,000 people on property. And okay, maybe I'm wrong by 500. If I'm wrong, there was 2,500 people. But 1,500 were lining the first fairway. So usually at an event where John Rahm would be playing, like yesterday, there'd be 15 or 20 people deep. You'd never even get near the. But in, in that case, there was no place I couldn't, I couldn't go and get near John Rahm and watch him. It was fantastic. Wow. What a dilemma. Because there, there, there you have it. Like John Rahm and Dustin Johnson yep. the week before and... What, what more proof do they need? That, I don't know, man. That, They've got so much money these behind stars them. are not just are not attracting people because of the brand. You know, the brand isn't there. 
They had a tournament this weekend in Las Vegas. So Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. number one, is filled with people that are golf fans. Number two, they're filled with people that are in town for the Super Bowl. And I don't know what their numbers were yesterday, probably more than Mayakoba, because Mayakoba, I'll give them that, in order to be... no, No one came to Mexico last Sunday to see this golf tournament. It was all people like me that were here. So let's say last, this past weekend, when Dustin Johnson won, there might have been 5,000 people. But if, if he were doing the same thing at a PGA Tour event, there'd be tens of thousands of people watching him. So speaking of yeah. Dustin, um, we followed, so me and my buddy watched, watched Deron play a couple holes, and then we went and found two, three other guys that were, I, I could tell you who they were, but only the only one name Fred would have heard, which is Ian Poulter, one of the stars of the European Tour, very famous golfer. And Freddie, we watched them play three holes. And it was, it was me and my buddy, and five other people walking around three holes with these guys. It was, for me, it was fantastic. Because mm-hmm. I literally could talk to the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd say, when we'd say good shot, he'd say thanks to us. Mm-hmm. This guy came off the PGA Tour a couple years ago. You'd never get near him. And then the final story I'll tell you is we watched right. Dustin Johnson play a hole. It was, fan- it was amazing. Like I, mm-hmm. He's one of, the, one of my favorite golfers and Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law. And it was pretty cool. And we watched him play this hole, and there's he hits this shot really close to this the hole, and we're right around the green. Freddie, it was me and my buddy, and maybe twenty other people. And when he sank the putt for birdie, you know, you could you could hear me clapping. <laughs> like it was so weird. Is it is it a televised event? They have a deal with the CW in the States, so it's like a whatever, low channel. Fringe. Fringe channel network. They also broadcast on their own website and and YouTube. Like in the GTA, it's on TV 11. Right. CHCH. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't get it because, you know, the game is the thing. And look at the entertainment yesterday from... You know, from the waste management, you know, and it's on NBC wide network. I mean, why do you keep saying waste management? Because that's the name of the tournament. Oh, waste management. They're the sponsor. Yes. You know, the WM guy, the, you know, WM, those, you see it all over the place. (laughs) Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't put it together. It's an odd thing (laughs) to sponsor. Yeah. 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 It's funny because that's the way I hear people refer to it as. You know, Fred, it's it's interesting. What's interesting to hear you say it this way, and it's giving me um, making me think about it in in a different way, which is the whole point of Live was we're going to pay all these big stars hundreds of millions of dollars, and that will make it make make it exciting. Because, and again, I'm I see a lot of stuff online from both live supporters and live haters. But the funny thing is yesterday there was two non-stars because say, you know, Nick Taylor is a star for Canadians, but he's not a star on the PGA tour. And Charlie Hoffman's a, uh, just a little bit more than a journeyman player, you know, one, four times over a 20 year career. But that was exciting because there was because of the competition, it's the competition that makes it makes it exciting, not just the marquee name that makes it exciting. No, uh, did Nick Taylor finish all four rounds in the sixties? 
Uh, he had one round. Uh, he, he shot 60 in the first round. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who that was, you know, uh, uh, Dustin Johnson or John Rahm. They're not going to sh- have better scores than that on that particular day, necessarily. No, not necessarily. I mean? It could have worse yeah, scores. Yeah, so you're, you're just seeing great golf, very competitive, great golf. And that's what it was yesterday. And again, I, you know, I'm attracted, like a lot of others, by the Canadian aspect of it. I just loved every minute of that. Like, I, when he sunk that final putt, like, I leaped off the, the couch. Oh, yeah. No, it was a high five. It was high five worthy. Yeah. Anyway, um... Maybe we should um, talk about a sponsor or two and yeah. then get back to the Super Bowl and you know, maybe the halftime show and what surrounded it. Yeah, we got lots of stuff here to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, will you want to... Do you have more Super Bowl thoughts? Do you want to finish up a couple thoughts and then we'll yeah. uh, let you go get your news? Well, my only... Uh, well, just tell you what, let, let us do a sponsor thing here. Oh, okay, all right. Um, this is... Uh, I'll tell you what, it'll be fun for you, Dan, because we've got the uh, Dan Duran I Hate Fat People polka. Because I just sang the tune, oh, I don't want him, you can have him, he's too fat for me, he's too fat for me, he's too fat for me. All right, Freddie. I don't want him, you can Hey, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leaning odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And, you know, going into the Super Bowl, it was pretty much considered a toss-up. And, hey, that's what we got over time. What more do you want? A Bodog. Uh, we should, at some point today, talk about how much money was wagered on that game last night. Very impressive. I know uh, Doug read, uh, was talking about that during the game yesterday. He read it out. It was crazy. Um, but here's a that uh, wouldn't say you know a lot of a lot of times people think you're gambling when it comes to junior mining stocks and now very often you know you're sort of taking a chance and somewhere down the development cycle it might get to this point with boron1.com they are at a point now that very few junior mining companies ever get to and that is in the process of getting a working mind mine together which should excite you if you're an investor because after all the things you go through, the one in a thousand chance to get here, there may be an opportunity for you. Again, we make no claims about stock prices or what you should or shouldn't do, but I always say talk to a Sherpa, talk to our Sherpa, talk to somebody and see what they think about Boron One and find out what this company is up to and how you might get on the Boron ride. Go to find out more, not only about the the company, but also what is Boron. Find out about that at BoronOne.com. I have it here, actually, uh, Frederick and uh, Daniel J. And then, Dan, we're going to let you go here in a second. Okay. Um, I had to read this number twice because I thought, well, is that, can it really be that much? And I think the number is 23 billion 66 million Americans, this, so I got this from my American prep site, 66 million Americans wagered $23 billion on that game last night. Wow. I'm not surprised because you can do it, and I'm, I'm assuming that counts sitting on your couch doing it with your phone. Absolutely does. So the, so the convenience of it, I'm not surprised. In fact, I'd almost think it might be more. Just think about that. Well, to me, that seemed like an 
an astronomical number. Yeah, yeah. But just the convenience of wagering now yes. is, is like, wow. Like, I, I'm not surprised that the number is huge. Because, you know, and a lot of those bets are, you know, 10, 15 bucks on, you know, not, not necessarily the winner, the mm-hmm. winning team. You know, who scores first at halftime, you know, what, you know, the first interception, blah, 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 on and on and on. But it doesn't take long, obviously, to add up. Well, my buddy, you know, Dan, you'd be surprised, Dan, uh, what Fred was saying. You know, you think a bet is like who wins, who loses. And then you might imagine, oh, imagine the halftime score, first to score. My buddy uh, sent me his... uh, betting ticket from what what he was betting it was only 20 bucks to your point fred yeah but it was a same gay par a same game parlay um, um christian mccaffrey to score a touchdown kelsey to score a td all kinds of different bets within the game itself dan that that aren't just the score and uh, that was a 20 dollar bet to win 200 and there were bets wow. like over under on Taylor Swift being how many times would she be shown on the game? I don't know if that counts as NFL wagering, but you could bet the over under on how many times she appeared on the screen. And I think it was seven or something, which got bl- obliterated, obviously. So, Dan, before we let you go, and, he, and you're Dan's, Dan, of course, the fantastic news uh, performer, is coming back in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what were your final thoughts on it? Did you enjoy, actually, uh, did you enjoy it? Actually, yeah. Uh, none of us were real sports fans that were watching it. And we all enjoyed the, uh, you know, the, 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 and it was mostly the second half of the game yeah. that was what was the what what you guys have already addressed, which was interesting. I, mm-hmm. The one thing that I, I I did think while I was watching it is the kicker, and it was I kind of related to to the pressure that you were talking about, mm-hmm. Howard. Mm-hmm. Of of but because a kicker is different than a whole team at it. It's really up to him, and that one that one kick he made. It was really long that tied the game up. 57-yarder. Yeah, that's crazy. That was like, that was crazy. And the pressure that must have been on that guy mm-hmm. to not blow it. <laughs> you know, no, just I know. What's going, cause it's, I know. Because of the shot that they had on the field with the camera, you're kind of behind the kicker seeing him ready to go. And just imagining, what what's going through his brain? Am I going to make this? You know, <laughs> that's right. is like, if, I, if I don't make this, but if I make it, and then all those thoughts that uh, that can distract you from what your actual job is at that moment, which is well, what you're talking about being under pressure, right? Yeah, it's very difficult. In San Francisco this morning, or, you know, anybody, you know, slicing and dicing and dissecting and analyzing the game, they're going to be talking about that Jake Moody guy who missed the extra point. It, it just speaks to what you said, Dan. It's all on him. You know, there's the quarterback, and then there's McCaffrey, who's up for MVP, and all those guys have this huge profile. And this guy missing an extra point was t- was so significant in the outcome of that game, the way they played down the stretch, you know? Listen, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but uh, and this might be coming as a surprise, but the, they say that uh, the chain is only as uh, strong as its weakest link. You ever heard that? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and in this, yeah. case, but it's, in this case, it's true. The weakest link was that guy just a being, and, and it was only off by a bit where he kicked that ball on his foot on the a little bit a little bit right. too much on the side. 
one of the reasons I'm always fascinated by those guys is it's very similar to being a golfer. You know, you, you, you either nail it and it goes through the uprights from 57 yards or you slightly hit it on the side of the club and yeah. there it is. You just miss. Yeah, most of the yeah. game you're sitting around. Most of the you game. You know, maybe warming up. So, Dan. Hitting balls into a net or something. <laughs> That's right. Dan, I'm not sure you'll understand this, but imagine you had a chain, right? Then it was pretty strong, but some of the wing, the links. <laughs> weren't as strong as the others? <laughs> yeah, okay. Some Dan, of the links this, weren't as strong. Would this turn you into a, a football fan, an NFL fan, or? Oh, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. No, that, I'm not wasting that, any more of my time with that piece of shit. Buddy Doug, his brother John, was here, and, you know, he enjoys it. He watches the Raptors more than anything, Raptors, Leafs, and Jays. And I said, you don't watch the NFL during the fall? He goes, no, I never, no, never turn it on. And then I looked at him, and I said, well, what do you do on a Sunday? <laughs> what exactly? Somebody that doesn't watch the NFL, what, like, like, it's okay, it's a Sunday in November. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, for the longest time... I, uh, you know, up until the last couple of years, I've never watched as many football games right. as I have this year. And it started to kind of eke into some fall golf. Yeah. Like it's, it's becoming a bit of a competition. But I was the same way before when I'd see people say, well, I don't really watch a golf on Sundays. I'm like, what do you do all afternoon? Solitaire or something? Or <laughs> go for right. a walk? Like, when when you're, what do you do when you eat your spits? <laughs> Um, all right, Dan Duran, go and uh, prepare the uh, fantastic Dan Duran news as Fred and I will continue to slice and dice some of the stuff. I mean, we, I don't want to listen. We've talked, I think, enough about the actual football game of the football game. It, it was pretty good. I mean, you know, obviously it got more exciting in the second half. And I was kind of thinking of you and you and I have often talked or you have talked a lot, I should say, about uh, how more, how much more exciting a CFL Grey Cup often is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to find that, that was my criticism, I guess, of the uh, NFL for me, as I just found it a bit plodding. I say mm-hmm. with uh, new eyes now, I don't find it as sort of, even a 10-3 first half, I found some entertainment in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I can't speak to. I never saw it, Man. as I said. Uh, listen, if I'd have been watching the golf tournament and, you know, it was like, oh, 7 nothing, seven seven fourteen seven. Yeah, exactly. I would have been thinking, oh, wow, maybe I should. And I did have picture-in-picture uh, picture, uh, capability, but I didn't use it. I could have, I guess. I didn't feel the need, given the scores that I was hearing. But... I'm looking at a, a thing here. I'm sorry. I'm just pausing. The, there's a story about from Australia. They're about to enact a um, a law, and I couldn't remember the word I had written down. It's, a, it's called the the right to disengage laws. We can get into that at some point this week. You'll find it fascinating. What um what about the um the halftime show? So I started. I, I said. So I watched the. Uh, we watched uh, the post. The post halftime halftime roundtable with the guys. All yes. those guys talking about the actual game. Although mm-hmm. why they need seven of them, I have no idea. They need six or seven guys sitting around. Mm-hmm. 
And then we watched, I said to David, I just want to watch the first minute of Usher just to see what the spectacle looks like. So we gave it a couple minutes, and then he said, hey, I've got an idea. I said, what? He said, let's watch all the uh, commercials. I said, what do you mean? He said, we just go to YouTube, and there they were. <laughs> they had already been released. And so we, that was right. what I did the entire halftime. I watched all the commercials. Yeah, I wish I had done that. Because the feed I watched down here was TSN. So, I mean, we only got some of the commercials. Um, but I'll watch them today. Really, the only one of note that I saw that I thought was funny was uh, the David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston. I don't even know who they. Were. I don't even know who the advertiser was. Um, uh, Uber Eats, I think. Oh, was it okay? Yeah. yeah. And he comes up and says hello, and she, do I know you? And you know, and the whole premise of the Uber Eats commercial is that you, if you only is if you in order to remember new things like Uber Eats does this, you have to forget something else, and it's a cute premise. But if you go on, so YouTube, what did I miss? What did I miss? There's so like I, I didn't like the commercials. I, I didn't see any. Straight, let me back up. All the commercials I saw during Usher's performance, I watched that on YouTube, and then when the second half started. It was kind of weird because a bunch of them, the Michael Sarah one, mm-hmm. the Jennifer Aniston one for Uber Eats, the Christopher Walken one for um, BMW. That's a really good one. But they all of a sudden, I got to see them on the Canadian feed. They were all of a sudden being shown. Mm. The other thing I would um, tell you is available to let you know, the extended version of these spots like a minute 30 right. version, they're all on YouTube, and they're great. So the premise of the Christopher Walken one is that he's going through a series of, like, goes to a restaurant. Wherever where he goes in the spot, everybody is doing Christopher Walken to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the waiter, the valet park, it's, and it's really well done. It's very cute. There's that one. The one you mentioned with uh, Jennifer Aniston, pretty good. The Michael Sarah one, I think they were showing as well. You said you saw that one. Yeah. Some cream or something. Well, Sarah V. Sarah, S-C-R-V-E, I guess is an actual cream. Right. So that one was pretty good. I I have seen his other commercials. Are are they not... Which ones are those where he's at the like the pool parties and all the stuff's going wrong for him? I, again, I can't even remember who the advertiser is for that. Right. But those are pretty clever, those commercials. Oh. Um, I'd say one of our listeners, I'm trying to remember who, I want to make sure I get this right, because it was very cute. They sent it to both of us because the, uh, they said, oh, I don't think Fred will see this. And I was like, why? Fred will see it. But it's a, it, it's worth, you know what, I, I might put it up on on our I might put it up on her Facebook page. But what it is, it's the one from uh, Tanya. She says, Tanya says, I know Fred probably won't see this, so I thought I'd share it ahead of the big game. Tanya Hutton, who's a regular contributor. Mm -hmm. And the reason I know you'll love it is because you're a father and you have a daughter like me. And the commercial is basically a man sitting on his couch Mm -hmm. in what looks like... in, in. it's, it's a red uh, football jersey. It doesn't say Kansas City, but you're supposed to imagine it is. Mm-hmm. And his daughter is getting ready in her own room and putting on some face cream or something. And then she hears something from the television. It's all done without um, dialogue. And so you see her come into the TV and all of a sudden she's smiling because obviously there's 
Taylor Swift. And then a couple seconds later in the commercial, she goes back and her father comes into her room with a jersey for her to wear too. And then she comes in, the last scene of the thing is, as she's joining him on the couch, you'll love this, she puts her phone down and Mm -hmm. snuggles next to her father and watches the game together. Right. And it's just so sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, I, the, the, I can't remember the tagline is, but something about, you know, whatever brings people together, you know, that. <laughs> right. I'm sure, I'm sure it's better than whatever brings people together. Put down the little screen and watch the big one. But it was so, you know, it just sort of shows, it, it, it was a kind of a way of pushing back against all the, the guys. It's like, hey, the guy saw, dude, I saw, and I know this wasn't your stance. But I saw Twitter yesterday where guys are going, you know what? I've been watching the Super Bowl my whole life, but I can't fucking stand this Taylor Swift. I'm not watching it. Really? Because of that? How sad for you. She's ruined the Super Bowl. But yeah, and... What I don't understand is the vitriol towards her because she's not doing it. It's not her decision. Her fame is creating the networks of showing her, and they're obviously doing it for business reasons because mm-hmm. it's good business. It's, Great business. She's po- Yeah, she's popular, so I, I, I get all that. Yeah, can but, I? But, yeah, yeah these ahead. guys that are mad at her or I'm not watching, yeah, that's over the top. So I just found it. So the commercial is for a, uh, a, a, a cream. It's called Cetaphil. I've heard of it before. Maybe my kids have it too. And this young daughter is putting on this cream. And, the, and you don't know what the cream is, but the very end after her and her dad sit down, the tagline is great. It says, this season, dads and daughters found a new way to connect. Cetaphil. And you're like, yeah. But if you're a man and you have, like if you're somebody that wrote the tweet I've been watching the Super Bowl for years, and this year I'm not going to watch it. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? For, number, for a number of reasons, how could you? Where would you get the? Where inside your brain would you want to? Would you want to put that out there? What did you think you'd get back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I yeah. And I'm not going to listen. I found the constant going to her previous to yesterday a bit tedious. Like, you know, okay, enough. But again, not to the point where I got mad at her or I wouldn't watch. I'm just thinking, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, she's there. That's right. You know, and even the, some of the headlines today, like I've got CP24 in front of me. One of the little things around, you know, that scrolls along says, Taylor Swift goes on field, hugs Ke- Kelsey after game. That's the headline. Like, okay. <laughs> no, I know. Great. Now I know. Uh, <laughs> of course she did. But you know, but it's it's not the first celebrity couple. In fact, what another one of the commercials I saw that I think you're going to love. I think it's one of my favorites, and I didn't see it last night. I watched it this morning. It's for Dunkin' Donuts, and it stars Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tom Brady. And J-Lo. And of course, Ben and J-Lo are a couple again. Mm-hmm. But the whole premise is that Ben Affleck wants to like get on J-Lo's album. And he's got this rap group, the, Dunk, the Donut Kings. And, and oh. Brady's on. Brady's in it. But the best is like, and, and it begins with somebody in a car saying to, to Ben, don't do this. 
And he's like, no, I've got to. You know, last year she came to my work. This year I'm going to go to hers. Anyway, they bust into the studio. They, they do this whole rap thing. And they cut to Matt Damon. And Matt Damon is just like looking at Jayla going, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. And... Um, and then as they leave, it's just the two of them as they're walking away, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Ben Affleck and uh, Damon's heard to say, hey, remember when I said uh, I'd do anything for you? This was anything. <laughs> so, but it's just really well done. So there's been lots of sort of nepotism or cross whatever. And, you know, like, like that commercial sums up a lot of, Young women, 14-year-old women were watching that game yesterday that would have had zero interest in it, as, as we've pointed out over the years. Anything beyond the halftime show? Well, yeah, the, traditionally, since, you know, I was looking, it's, it, 2010 was the last time sort of like a rock band was the halftime show. Right. It's, they've just gone to pop artists. Coldplay was in there, but, you know, they're sort of somewhere in the middle. Um <laughs> It's uh, the halftime show is outrate the the game. The viewership actually goes up at halftime, and that's the reason. I mean, there are you know rooms full of people or houses full of people where maybe half of them are women that aren't really watching the game, but at halftime they just run to the television. And I, I don't know, does that sound you know? But that's just the reality of it. You know what I found out saying about? There's tons of women that love watching football. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But there's there's also that they don't care much for it, but are interested in the halftime show. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, what a brilliant business. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you can't. I'm, I'm not afraid to say there are tons of women that like the, watching the football, but not as many as like watching the football halftime show. Sorry. Right. That being said, go ahead. No, that's, you know, and the proof's in the pudding. I think it, when the numbers come out, the, the halftime show will probably outrate the game. Here's what I was going to tell you. I found out about the halftime show that I found uh, fascinating. I won't say interesting because I was fascinated by it. <laughs> One of the things I found out, maybe you, Frederick, the great Frederick, already knew this, but performers don't get paid for the halftime show. Did you know that? No. Uh, no, not offhand, no. They do it for free. Why? You ask. Well, think about the 14 minutes of exposure, what it does to their back catalog. Like, I don't really follow Usher. You know, I'm not 100% sure I could name an Usher song. But today's Usher. The only Usher song I can uh, know of is uh, This Way to the Exits. That's the only Usher song that I know. I was going to say... the one Usher song is, is I thought was It's Getting Hot in Here. Is that here? his? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. See, I, I don't want to be stupider than I am, but what it does to their back catalog mm-hmm. and um, in a lot of cases promoting albums that are out and uh, they do it for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know, at the end of that it was Apple Music or something and they announced that his next album's coming out yeah there you go to billions of millions upon millions mm. of people yeah they get that that's part of the deal i said you know he performs for free but at the end you announce my album's coming out and there you go yeah and it's something else prestige like for somebody you know part of your career legacy is that yeah i performed at halftime of the super bowl one year that's 
that's a that's a notch, isn't it? When you you were following this probably earlier on than I was, when do you remember or do you have a sense of when it became such a big deal? No. No. Because I don't. I, I just don't. I mean, at some point it became, as you said, bigger than the show. The, the biggest part of the show. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. All I know is like in 2010, The Who played because I was looking to see the, the type of acts. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they've gone, because we were having that conversation, they've gone to woman-friendly acts. And again, not that the who isn't, but I'm thinking, who at the halftime? Okay. Like, you know. Because when you think of the halftime show, you know, fun atmosphere, like, poppy music just seems to make more sense to attract a bigger audience. Well, I mean, think about it. I was having this conversation with my buddy Grant from New Brunswick, and I was talking about, you know, the popularity of the radio station you and I worked for. We, uh, the discussion was how are radio stations rated? You know, and we went into this, and I said, yeah. the problem with the radio station that Fred and I worked for, you know, the, the an 18 to 34-year-old male skewed, but female-oriented, you know, that radio station didn't ever have as many listeners as CHFI and Chum FM and no. all those because that, that just had a, those stations had wider appeal. Yeah, weren't as accessible. Yeah, doesn't mean they were necessarily better. And I say the no. the, the analogy I always use is that you've heard me say it before is a Wheel of Fortune. You know, had way more viewers than Letterman, but don't tell me it was a better show. Right. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune probably has way more viewers than maybe Jeopardy. Oh, absolutely, it does. According well, to yeah, and, that, and you know, and you know, one is an intelligent show, and one's sort of mindless. So right. That well, or yeah. or you could put it. You know, you could say one is a one is a one one of those shows has a pretty narrow onboard entry, whereas the other one can it's pretty wide open for most people because they can solve the puzzle. Right. Syracuse uh, University professor and TV historian predicted, so this isn't the actual number, but that the game could draw 114 million viewers. That it's possible. alone? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking for uh, something that says what the numbers were. It's more about what they could be. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and the intrigue, according to the Wall Street Journal, is that the intrigue about Taylor Swift would have, you know, brought those numbers up even more. Well, without a doubt, the way they were, you know, they were tracking her from Tokyo, from her concert. They was, is she going to make it in time? If there's any kind of a delay, she may not be there. <laughs> like, no. Wow. It's I like, know. What, like, this is a thing, man. Yeah, it's, well, it's crazy, you know. It's, mm-hmm. in, the absence of, I, in the absence of royalty, celebrities are kings and queens, and she right now happens to be the queen of, you know, worldwide celebrity. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and I don't, yeah, I don't. I'm surprised. Honestly, this... Taylor Swift thing meant nothing really to me. Not that it means a lot now, but it was through the NFL that I 
gained an appreciation for her popularity. I didn't yeah. know. I had heard the name. It was out there somewhere. It meant nothing to me. Um, but through through the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL, now I'm quite aware of what she's all about. And it's very impressive. There's no doubt about it. My brother and his uh, partner, Ruth, Sweet Ruth, were on a two-month trip around uh, Australia, New Zealand. Just fantastic. And last night, we were talking about the Taylor Swift phenomenon. And he said, you know, it was strange. We were in this small t- city in New Zealand, and there was nothing else on at the movie theater. It was kind of a neat theater, you know, a small theater, 50 seats. You could drink wine, kind of a, one of those art places. And he said the only thing they were showing was the Taylor Swift Eras Tour video. Mm-hmm. And, he, and my brother's 71, and Ruth is uh, younger than me, so, you know, they're sort of in our age category. And he said, we couldn't stay for the whole three hours. It got tedious. He said, but we watched a couple hours of it. Mm-hmm. And he said, it was really impressive. And that's like, yeah. he said, I didn't know any of her music. And I said, you know, it's funny, David. I, I watched it for about an hour one night. I just happened to stream it there, and I was like, again, an hour, an hour and 15 minutes of watching her in concert and thinking, you know, she's singing all her own songs. She's not a fake artist. And I also was taking note of the people who are attending her concerts and the kind of devotion they have for it. It's, it's pretty impressive. Well, I was like that with Adele. Like, I remember the song Rolling in the Deep and thinking, yeah. well, that's a pretty neat song hearing it. And then who does that? Somebody called Adele. And, oh, okay, I'm not really that familiar and then i was i was on a i was on a flight i think from london from europe it was a long flight and her one of her concerts was available you know through their service and i watched it i was hooked Mm -hmm. i thought oh i'm gonna watch see what this adele thing's all about and it was the concert it was fantastic and from that moment on i was hooked because it was so well done, the concert. I'll, I'll say this, for I, I totally agree. I, I mean, <clears throat> I can watch Adele songs. What, one thing I would say about Taylor Swift songs, and over the course of the hour that I watched it, I may have, and again, I'm not trying to be some old grandpa, I may have recognized parts of a couple. But as a guy that's been doing rock music or radio and whatever I've been doing my whole life, what I did recognize is the hooky nature of them, and more importantly, how well she performs them. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. The amount of, it's not just dancing and dance. It's just, she'll sit down at a piano, just her and the piano, and she'll sing. Or they hand her a guitar. It's her and just the guitar doing it. It's pretty impressive. You know, there's a phrase they say a lot in sports and, and I guess, in, in performing. But when somebody becomes undeniable, mm-hmm. like you can have a debate about whether you like her or not, but it's hard to have a debate about. It's undeniable that she's extremely talented. Undeniable. Undeniable. And, and what do you think about the fact, maybe we can segue a little bit into this, that she became so demonized, <laughs> strangely enough, forget football fans, by the right wing and the conspiracy about the deep state and Biden and all. Like, what is wrong with these clowns? I don't know, Howard. I can't figure it out. Uh, I don't know what the, like, uh, I don't, I don't know what the plan is. Like, like, what is it? Why? Because the people that, Sort of, sort of perpetrate that 
they know it's bullshit. So what is, what is the reason mm-hmm. behind it? You know, I like, you know, this thing I've, you know, fucking that little weasel piece of shit. Tucker Carlson goes oh, over yeah. to the Kremlin. The Putin and interview. interviews Putin. And Putin walks all over him. It's this little weasel sitting in a chair going, oh, look, everybody's going to see me, Tucker Carlson, in the Kremlin talking to Putin. Well, Putin just runs over him, right? It just, he just, you know, what do they call it? Uh, he just kept talking. And then, of course, little weasel Tucker doesn't ask the questions that everybody wants to hear, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, about why did you go into a sovereign nation and what about the, you know, the women and children that are dying and blah, 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 blah. None of that stuff, of course. He just did it for Tucker Carlson. He comes away looking like, a, a you know, the simpering little weasel that he is. But what is the motive there? You know what I mean? So I'm Tucker Carlson. I'm going to go over there and give this butcher two hours of time. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like, like, why? They were comparing so, it to. So, go ahead. Yeah. So, like, why, so why do you want to take Taylor Swift now and turn it into some sort of deep state compar- conspiracy? It's like you're not helping anything. But back to you're Tucker for a second. The world. It's not without precedent. In 1940, an American journalist who was somewhat similar, fascist uh, right. sympathizer, went over and did an interview with Hitler. Mm-hmm. Sat down and, and you know, the thing I, I thought you were going to say, but I came away, you know, looking at Tucker Carlson and going, really, you got three questions in in two hours. You're the big man. Yeah. But the way it was, you know, so his Tucker Carlson fans, you know, it's like the way they see it is not the way. And this is part of the issue for a lot of things. The way they see it is not the way that we're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. And back to your question, you know, or, or I, I, what is the point? Because like a lot of things, this proliferation of the uh, Kelsey and the deep state, they, I, I've said this before. The, the problem with those people is they know it's wrong and yet they don't care that they, no. they in their heart of hearts. They know that Donald Trump is a bad character, man. Yeah. No, but and here's the thing, too. There's nothing wrong with going in in interviewing Hitler. There's nothing wrong with going and interviewing interviewing Putin if something comes of it. Like, if he'd have sat there and said, well, no, Mr. Putin, stop right there. I need to ask you this question. Yeah, but he's not, because he's a cowardly little weasel. And, and anybody that like, you know, there's like yeah, there's people that actually, oh, I like that Tucker, man. Yeah. Oh, Tucker. He's, he is such a, a, a spineless little nothing man, that Tucker Carlson. And then he goes over there, and that unfolds. Yeah, now that's useless. Now, if he'd have gone over there and had some balls, then, yeah, maybe... It would have been constructive. When Tucker Carlson was in Alberta, I saw, you got to see it. It's the reception he was given at that speech he gave. Mm-hmm. You know, thousands of people that liked Tucker Carlson just stood up and they were like, there's our guy. The reason that Putin allowed it to be Tucker Carlson is because he knows that Tucker, mm-hmm. you know, they see the way that Tucker's been talking about him, even on his Fox show. They knew that it wasn't going to be, he just walked all over him. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I was going to say to give Putin credit, but in his, to see what he did, he just used him. He filibustered. That's what he did. He yeah, just that's kept right. Talking and talking and talking and talking. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was something else. And so, it, but nothing changes, right? Because people that like Tucker Carlson, they won't see that. They'll no, they won't see it the way it. we see it. 
No, the way you just said it, it's like, oh, Tucker went there and talked to people. He showed them. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and and I just want to insert back to the Super Bowl and the Taylor Swift thing and insert. That's not the word I meant. But, you know, just quickly going back to that. And and I know we we should probably have a segment called uh, Rhetorical Questions About Trump. But there's the guy who your, your potential commander in chief it can just never it can just never be a normal congratulations to everybody or good luck to everyone this weekend you know whole country's pulling for you guys and have a good mm-hmm. have a good game nope mm-hmm. it's got to be something bizarre where he claims credit for some music um, bill that he passed which if you look at I did a little digging he didn't he just signed it it wasn't even his it wasn't like he came but he's taking credit for some music bill that would have benefited Taylor Swift and his premise was she should be supporting him because he he made her career because of this bill he signed and again so two questions not two questions but two observations one I, you know my point about it can't just be normal can't you just not make it about you and the second part is kind of what we're talking about with Tucker Carlson his supporters if you see that is does anybody see that that supports him and are they ever disappointed with that? Or do they just believe what he's saying? Oh, you, yes, President, he, uh, he made Taylor Swift's career. Or last couple days ago where he was talking about how he was more popular than Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. It's just frustrating because then, then I can't help but think there are actually people out there, even here in Canada, maybe some people I know, oh, I do know a couple that actually think He's good. He's good for the country. He's good for the United States. He's, he's good for the world. And it's like, I, I, I just build up this rage and contempt within myself. Like, how stupid can you be? And I'm sorry, this isn't, this is so far beyond politics. Oh, yeah. You know, it just is. It's like, yeah, you can disagree on politics. This isn't politics. This is a guy on the weekend again was saying if people didn't don't pay up for NATO, Russia's got... They have every right to run over it, whoever they want. It's like what? Yeah, he was. I was going to get that. Was going to be my next point. He's encouraging Russia, yeah, to attack other countries. Isn't that an like you know? Again, we should call this rhetorical questions because Mm. isn't wouldn't that be enough? Isn't that enough? You know, my joke Mm. about you know there was a time when a. The guy running for president, if he had told the uh, Russian president to attack other countries, that would be enough. Mm-hmm. That would be the end of his campaign. Right. Oh, oh, oh. And the other thing he did. Okay, we'll just wrap up the Trump stuff. The other thing he does is he goes on. He's like, where is uh, where's Nikki Haley's husband? Where is the guy? Where's her husband? Inferring that there's something wrong in their marriage because you never see her husband. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the doofus that he is, her husband is in the fucking army serving in Africa, something none of uh, Trump's kids ever did or Trump himself wouldn't that be enough for the MAGA folks to go, all right, come and on. And he says, he says that Melania is nowhere near him. <laughs> yeah, because you can't stand to be near his shit stink. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and it's, I know. We could go on and on. Well, As those we were do. the big ones. We, we do. No, but that was, those were the big ones. The, the Putin yes. interview, the um, claiming Taylor Swift owes him her career, claiming mm-hmm. he's bigger than her. 
uh, encouraging Putin to attack other countries and Nikki Haley's husband. That pretty much covers Trump. And that's, by the way, everyone, that's like the last two days. Yeah, and it goes on and on, and I I don't know what they're going to do. They got to do something. Well, I know what we're going to do, my friend. We're going to acknowledge before you get to uh, Mm -hmm. your next thing. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to. Pardon me, sir. Who's Blake Lively? But, but yeah, before we get to that, do you who, know? Were you aware of who Blake Lively? She's is? Uh, Ryan Reynolds' uh, wife. Why? Well I, didn't, well, I was just saying. I kept hearing her name all the time, and, and um, through the Super Bowl, wasn't she in the booth with Taylor Swift? Was that who was in the booth? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. And I didn't know it was her uh, Ryan Reynolds thing. And I, so again, from an entertainment standpoint, the Super Bowl can really educate yeah, exactly with these things. And uh, I, now I okay, so that's who the other Juice Factory yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Blake Lively. Listen, we got to get to never this. heard of her before. Well, you you know what? Here's, you would have seen her before because she's been in some movies you've seen, but oh, she's maybe. Mrs. Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, lucky her. Uh, another great no problem. Well, yeah, another lucky him too, as you saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another note. Uh, note a notice. No, a uh, an ad from our friends at Bodog. Feeling stuck on the sidelines? Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle, I'm gonna need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca today. It's all there. Yeah, there's a little badge there. It says uh, get a free quote. You click on that. And uh, all the information you need is there. You, uh, you put in the parameters of uh, your business. And uh, again, you get a free quote. There's different levels you can buy into. It's a wonderful thing to do for your small business, be it one employee or 100 employees. They'll love you for it. Yes, they will. Dental, prescriptions, therapies, mental health component, HR component, if you need that type of help through the Chambers of Commerce uh, Group Insurance Plan. Very affordable. They hold the line on premiums year to year. They do a really good job at that. And uh, it's perfect for small business. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Chamberplan.ca I'm this sorry, sorry. This is one of those songs. The very first time I heard it, I thought, I like this song. Uh, I concur. I concur. There's several Adele songs that are amongst uh, some of my favorite songs. My buddy was visiting here. And we did a lot of golfing last week. He just left yesterday. And uh, we're just happy to be talking about Adele. And I said, have you ever seen that thing? Where the Adele impersonators are on like some BBC thing, and Adele mm-hmm. pretends to be one of them, mm-hmm. and it's like a five or six minute clip. And when you watch it, I, I watched it with him, and I said, you know, there's a moment—the moment where the Adele impersonators realize that's the real Adele—is such a sweet human moment. It gives you mm-hmm. 
chills and you get a little weepy looking at it because you're like, these women are so enamored with Adele and at first can't believe something is magical is happening right in front of them, Fred. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. But I haven't been only... Say again? I said, well said, yes. You're right. Mm -hmm. I was telling you uh, when we did our setup test yesterday, you know, some of the things I've been up to. In fact, the night before, we were at my brother's for dinner, which was great, sitting out on the patio in beautiful ocean behind you and the sounds of the tropics and everything is great and the dinner was great. My brother's a very nice cook and his partner made some really nice sides and everything is going great and it's about 8.15 and I'm kind of tired. It's dark. We've played a lot of golf and my back's a bit sore. You know, sometimes when you just want to like lay down I was kind of in that mode. And I was thinking, well, this will probably wrap up. Probably getting ready to wrap this dinner thing up. And then somebody said, hey, you want to play Scrabble? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I could see right away that the enthusiasm level of Scrabble was very high with the other three humans I was visiting with. And so uh, being the awkward alien that I am, I, I said, okay, and then I immediately started thinking, okay, what is a person who likes Scrabble? What do they look like? What, are the, what do they sound like? You know, what are the things I should be doing to make it seem that I'm having a good time? And um, as you, uh, it turned out, it was very fun. It was? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've played a lot of Scrabble with Rachel, ex-girlfriend Rachel. Um, I'm no good at it. My brother's very good at it. But I, you know, I, I went along with the group, is my point, and then we played for about an hour, hour and a half, and then it was over. And mm-hmm. You know, games are interesting, because down here, we're with uh, Doug and Laverne, and they love to play Euchre, and they play all year round. Well, we sat down to play Euchre the other night, and it's the first time I had played since we were away last year. And it really makes me feel dumb because I make mistakes all the time. But it's the type of game where you have to play it all the time to get all the little nuances and follow the cards that somebody's discarding and what did somebody pick up and keep that in mind for this and that. And I, I, I honestly, I just can't be bothered. Like it's, <laughs> like it's great. And if I played it all the time, that would become second nature. Of course. But I find myself sitting there, and I don't know if they're listening to this, but it's almost like I, it doesn't put me in a very good space while I'm playing it because I, like all these little things, I should have done this, I should have done that. Oh, were you watching that? I, when I'm on vacation down here, I, I don't, I can't be bothered. It's why I stopped playing um, Wordle. You got to the point where, okay, I get the point. And yeah. But, but I mean, with I Euchre, wanna, I, I don't. Want, I don't want these moments of aggravation. I've only. Well, okay. I mean, I played Euchre only a couple times. Really enjoyed the game, but I, I do. Mm-hmm. I do remember some of those things you just mentioned. But mm-hmm. you're only there. This is only the first. You haven't even been there a week. Don't you think if you played it regularly in a couple of weeks or so, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember this. This is my thing, Howard. Absolutely. And I am going to. Of course you are. And I'll get into a groove, and I'll you know. Although, you know what you say, you're not very good at Scrabble. 
you, you love words and you're a smart guy, but you're not very good at Scrabble. I think with Euchre, it's the type of thing with me. I don't know if I'll ever buy in enough that I'll be a really good player because right. it's like while I'm sitting there, it's like, oh, what did you have? What, did you, what was that you put <laughs> so down? What's that? It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Having said, you know, the thing about my Scrabble career and Rachel, ex-girlfriend Rachel, was very good at it. We played it at all the all with the cottages we go to. And her Scrabble game included a little notebook where I was I was the scorekeeper because I thought I should be able to do right. something. And and we it would we could see visually how many games I lost. Like I maybe have only won and we played over the course of five years, 50 times, maybe more. I played a lot of Scrabble. But everyone has different rules, and Rachel's very good. And it's not like I love words, but it's a lot of it is looking at the board and can you put yes. the, the three the words going up and down. Having said that, um, so you pick a tile out of the, the bag, and whoever gets closest to A gets to go first is one of the rules. Okay. So I get closest to A. So I've got seven tiles. And I get to play first. And you play them across the middle of the board. Okay, I remember that part. And I see in my tiles, I see the word, what I think is, is heaven, but it's not. It's, it's heaving. H-E-A-V-I-N-G. H-E-A-V-I-N-G. Seven letters. Oh, okay, right. And I put them all down. And everyone freaks out. Because apparently... If you put all your tiles, if you use all your tiles in the first move, that's the game over. Mm. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't have been happier. I was like, great. You did that? So I and you did won that. the game. Well, but we didn't stop. But if, if some people play a rule that if you could, if right. on the first spin, your first yes. turn, you play all the tiles, that essentially mm-hmm. wins you the game. And they, so everyone's wow. freaking out. But my, my joy was like, could this really be over? <laughs> can I go, can I go no, home I'm now? Home. Yeah. Um, I got 86 points on my first play of the game. And then after that, I went into my seven to nine point average, which is what I do. I just suck. Mm-hmm. My older brother, though, is very, very good. Um, and the Uyghur thing, don't get, again, like... Duncan Laverne, they have like a group of people with, they play with all the time. Yeah. And I imagine if I played enough and I just say kept playing. Yeah. A lot of that stuff would become second nature. Um, but I just haven't got there yet. Um, Delise and I, Delise bought this game called Sequence. Have you ever played it? It's no, sir. Good. But you got to be on top of your game there too, like think and watch and. But, you know, know sometimes this, they're a little too much work. Yeah, this won't surprise you or Dan. I'm not, I'm not big on the sitting around playing games. Like, I always like, I used to say this to Rachel. It's like, whenever people want to play a game, I'm like, oh, have we run out of things to talk about? Is this what, <laughs> is this, is this what it is? Dan, you didn't hear what I, maybe you didn't hear this part, but I said that this Scrabble game broke out. And I was telling Fred yesterday, I said, when it first broke out, I was like, well, I, this is not my, you know, I don't normally do things like this. So as the alien that I am, I started thinking about, okay, what is a normal person? How do they act? <laughs> so I'll just try. What would a normal person do? Is that, <laughs> That's what I said. Like, well, not man, what Jesus would do. No, what would a normal would, person like, do? How do right. if, a, if a normal person was playing Scrabble, uh, what would they do? And I just did that. But uh, in the end, it was fun. And we had a nice night. And uh, yeah. And I might, you, you know what? the board? <laughs> no, I did not flip the board. 
so I didn't realize Fred was into aggravation avoidance quite so much. What? You just uh, met is him? Is that what you gave? <laughs> what? You haven't met him before? I thought you knew him. Yeah, yeah, right. No, no I just. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. I didn't realize that was a reason he gave up Wordle because he's aggravated. Well, just it's like, oh, have you done Wordle today? It's like, no, I haven't. You know, I, you know, like it just got to the point where I'd had enough. I got the point, and I just sort of moved on from it. That's all. And then you know that feeling, you know, you're playing and it's like you should have got it in two or three, and you ended up getting five or missing it. That feeling you get, it's like I don't need this anymore. That's all. <laughs> Does it? Every competitive anything isn't that kind of the feeling? That's what well, you like listen, about we're sports playing and bot- Me and Doug played the the girls here bocce like on the lawn the other day, and they kicked our ass like fifteen to seven the first game. Was I aggravated? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're the better ball, than that. The ball, yeah, the ball wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. Yeah, I got aggravated, but we played a second game. Yeah, well, there's different kinds of that. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Like, there's different kinds of aggravation, <laughs> or you know, Major like, aggravation. Well, I, I mean, I I, I I used to do when during my uh, two and a half year absence from radio, I started doing the Sudoku. Sudoku. Right. Sudoku. I started doing it because Randy's mother at the time, Barb, was just acing it. And I'm like, all right, old woman, if you can do it, I've got to be able to do it. And mm-hmm. I did it for, I became a regular Sudoku player for months after months. And then one day I was kind of like, just Fred, I'm like, okay, I've done this enough now. It's not that great. It's not, in, it's not, it's not holding my attention that much. And you know this wordle thing. Then it, there's another one called hurdle or something. There, mm. There's like eight or four words you got to get, and like you only get so. So when I was playing wordle, I sort of graduated to that, and I thought, yeah, I'll give this a spin. All it did was put knots in my stomach, and I just stopped because I thought when I'm looking at this and trying to come up with four and this letters here and that, like I, you know, that's good for some people and it's not good for others, and I fall into the not good mm. category. Well, I do it. I'm sort of playing with my son, Colton, as well, just recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do it because it keeps my brain like there's just a little tiny brain exercise every morning. Absolutely. And just do that. And there's a couple of other ones. Mm -hmm. One one that my uh, my son Colton brought to me was uh, called Wordle. 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 Right. Basically, you have six guesses at what country in silhouette on um you know it's a picture of a of a country and you guess mm. what country that is right. and then it tells yeah. you gives you directions how many how many kilometers away yeah. the country is from where your guess was you know but with that level of aggravation let me maybe dan you can relate to this now the level of aggravation i get is like when you're in front of your trailer and you look down the lake and you don't like the color of an umbrella mm, exactly <laughs> yeah as put in okay. front of their trailer yeah. all right uh, you know you know that yeah. feeling you get when yeah you know you, before you march <laughs> before you march down and when they're not looking like take it away um you know dan i'm playing a, a version of that called porndle uh, and every clue ends up just being the word snatch. <laughs> you know where you're going. Yeah. Every day it's yeah. just like, oh, what, did you do the porndle today? Yeah, the answer was snatch. <laughs> but you're right um, about the, 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 I think it's great for everybody, but especially for aging brains, because it does make you think. And, you know, that's why people do crossword puzzles and Sudoku and whatever. And, you know, believe me, there are lots of days. I've got homework to do today for my Spanish lesson tomorrow. And there are lots of days where I just look at it 
staring at it and thinking, you know, I know enough now to order a beer. Why am I aggravating myself with this? Why do I keep plugging away every day? And part of the reason I do is, well, a big part of it is because I think it's good to engage my brain in a way that it normally doesn't fire. So, Well, that's what I get out of this show four days a week. That's, that's it's good for me. It's enough you know. aggravation. Well, no, this is an aggravation. I, I enjoy I doing I know. exercising our brains. So, I mean, I know. Those quirky little things where, I don't know, what can I say? I just move on. I played Wordle for a while, and then I just moved on. I've had enough of this. I, You know, my kids were playing it for a while, and they moved on. I thought, see, I'm like the young people. That's right. By the way, the, 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 what you just did there, finding a, an analogy for how aggravated Wordle gets you, for how aggravated Dan gets you, that's making connections. Mm-hmm. The fact that every day here, Dan, we are given the task of finding new ways to make fun of your wiener. That's mm-hmm. that's keeping us young. That's, that's keeping your brain pliable. <clears throat> hey, um, atrophying somehow. Knowing By how way, you, did you mention that there is a game, too, called Connections. Did you just say that? I did not. It's a Wordle game and it's called Connections. It's a like Wordle, but you're given all these bunch of words and you have to connect them all to a theme or whatever very cool and I heard them talking about it the other day and I thought ah, there's another one I can live without okay let me check that off a list of things I will never do I've been uh, saving a uh, dad joke for you guys because you're dads and I know how much it delights you and so just ahead of Dan Duran's news Here's a dad joke for you. You can share it with your kids. Do you know that Swedish boats have bar cords, have bar codes on them? Swedish Swedish boats have bar codes on them. No, Do you know I why? Know that. So why? when they come into port, they can Scandinavian them. <laughs> they can Scandinavian. Oh, Scandinavian. Yeah. See? Scandinavian. Yeah. Right. That's so, why they have barcodes down. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You better if you throw that in like a, a, uh, a somebody from the the forces or something. The Scandinavian. Yeah, the Navy. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so you missed my joke from earlier in the show. Oh, really? Okay, great. I can't wait. No, but Howard did. Well, where was oh. I? Well, when I said it, I... Th- threw it there at I it was sort of a dad joke and it went right over your head well lots of them to do what you was said, it I couldn't I, I, I couldn't identify a song by Usher right Usher and I said the only one I know is this way to the exit oh I didn't, I didn't even hear that. that's very funny <laughs> this way to that's a big Usher song it's a big Usher song I fucking love Usher that song. Usher this way to the exit then the Usher said Scandinavian all right, here's Dan Duran. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from the matrimonial home, 
Mr. and Mrs. Dan Duran would like you to know they're going ahead with their plans to be together forever. Here's movie anchor and television personality, Daniel J. Giebert Duran. Don't eat people. Let's go to Idaho, where a state representative is worried about the composting of human remains. To her, it could lead to cannibalism somehow. Mm. She was apparently inspired by a clip from a prank TV show that she had seen, which personalities pretended to feed people human flesh in sausage links. Mm. They didn't tell the people they fed it to them, she she said. I guess she was horrified by the concept of it and then thought somehow human composting uh, somehow could lead to this, you know, re- in re- uh, reality where people could be ground up into... So- I don't know. It, it didn't make much sense. But, you know, human composting is a more eco-friendly way than other methods of crea- uh, cremation mm-hmm. or burying, you know, with uh, the... What do you call it? The... Uh, with all the preservatives in the body with the formaldehyde and stuff anyway but rather than targeting composting which would require a rewrite for rules for morticians she figured it would be easier to expand the cannibalism law which is already in effect in idaho you can't eat people there so it doesn't really make any sense once again here's a lawmaker paying attention to non-issue issues performance pieces really uh, rather than the real issues of things that really need to be addressed by government these days, which seems that uh, even in Canada, we've got people that are, you know, kind of diverting to issues that aren't really there. Well, I can tell Just you from my experience, gentlemen, I have never n- needed to be told not to eat somebody. <laughs> I didn't need a law for that. And not like you're thinking, Patterson, you dirty bum. <laughs> You know, um, speaking. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say when I was a kid, I read this book about the soccer team that crashed in the Andes. And they, oh yeah, they made their. That's a movie right now. They've remade the movie or whatever on Netflix. But I was very intrigued by that as a child. Read that book. The team that had to survive by becoming cannibals, basically, and eating some of their their teammates. We studied that book, and I yeah, it was a very, very yeah. popular book back in the early seventies for me, and I was always taken by the fact that okay, it's like okay, we have to eat somebody, but where do we, you know, first of all, who do we eat? And it's our buddy. It's like Dan or some shit, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, of course. I'd already part be of, dead though. What part of right. yeah? What part of Dan yeah. are we going to eat first? Obviously, the joke writes itself. The sausage. Yeah. The sausage. <laughs> That's right. The sausage. Yeah. What was, yeah, or then you'd look around and you'd say, who do you think would taste the best? Yeah. Mm. Well, usually it would be like some fat dude with lots of fat on him, you know, marbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, in that in that story, they they didn't have any fire, right? They were on the side of a mountain. They crashed and there was they yeah. just, they, so you, they had to eat frozen people. Frozen right? people. Yeah. Yeah. Frozen dead people. And they just did it. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, speaking of performances, Dan, um, where are you with the um, with the reading of the sports play? Uh, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to do it now that I know when what all the dates are about it. So I'll be doing that, and it's in the, I think it's the 25th, 26th is when it's oh, a it's a one day thing of when the show is actually the 25th of or 26th of March. Yeah, nice. It's a staged play reading, so yes. I still have the the 
you know, you have the the script in hand. Yes. But they do more of a staging as opposed to just sitting there and reading. You know, I just thought of it, though. You know, if you wanted Fred and I in that, we could just be there on put put computers on chairs and we could just zoom our parts in. That'd be great. Yeah. So you share with a. But wait yeah. a minute. How much um, um, rehearsing does this take? Because I think there's gonna... there's two or three rehearsals. Yeah, oh, you'll nail all. it. Yeah, you'll nail it. So you'll it. be able to get down to Mexico with Howard then. Yeah, I would be in Mexico with Howard before then. Is my fantastic. Plan. Yeah, that's the plan anyway. Well, Dan, do you have any more news, or are we finished for today? Yeah, no, just a little quick one here. That that uh, uh, do you want to do your music thing? Or oh, just, uh, please, yes, please stand by. Yeah. Let me uh, give you give me let me give you second story music. Oh, second. Story. And now, with his second story of the day, that follows his first story, which we've now heard. This part was recorded earlier. <laughs> Here's. Here's Dan Duran. All right. Hey, is your car up to date? This is a story that was in the Star today. It made me think again, because I keep thinking about this on my birth date. More than a million Ontario drivers have expired license plates. Mm. And remember when Dougie canceled the, uh, the $120 registration fee per year? Mm-hmm. Well, now people are forgetting about it because, uh, you know, it's free. What, why would I bother? And uh, you could actually get a fine for up to $1,000. Which, you know, that's that's money right there that you don't want to spend if you don't have to. And it's free. I just have to, you know, go down and say, I want to re- renew. No, you just go online. Oh, you really? Two, oh, you go online. You hit two buttons and you're renewed. Yeah. Oh. Well, if it's that simple. You thought it was going to be more aggravating. And when is your birthday this year? Is it the same as most years? Like March yeah, 17th? most years. Uh, March 27th. March 27th. Yeah. yeah. This is a so, big yeah, one for everyone. If you're thinking about Dan Duran, he's going to turn 75 on the 27th of March, <laughs> which is cool. Sure that's old enough? I don't you know. know Pushing me up to, to Biden territory, if you want. I don't know, man. Yeah. Big birthday. Hey, Frederick, well, have I you mean, got any more shit birth- to do? Are you all caught up? No, I, we're going to talk about the retirement Sherpa, the well, return of the retirement hold Sherpa. Hold yourself there, man. Here, we'll play a little bit more um, of your uh, gal Adele. Sherpa music? Something heartfelt from Adele. Here's Set Fire to the Rain. Boom, 97.3. As you know, Tim Diblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim has been away from the uh, away from the show for the past few weeks. And, you know, uh, Jay Bondi did a great job of filling in. But uh, the Sherpa will return and uh, again give us all sorts of advice on how to prepare for our retirement. What are the best ways to invest? What are the things that we have to be aware of as we go forward towards our golden years as we all are? Yeah, he's the Retirement Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca We look forward to Tim's return on Wednesday. Yeah, very good and thanks uh, everyone. Tomorrow on the program I believe Bill Briokes. Bill will be with us. Uh, our friend Mortgage Mike, Mike Kazarian, will be joining us. And uh, I uh, realized about two seconds ago that I have uh, to mention Mike. And the reason, I just, for some weird reason, I was uh, under the impression that he was going to be with us today. 
So uh, could you fellas talk amongst yourselves just for one second while I, I bring that up? Okay. Thank you. Yes. So, Dan, you've been looking at uh, flights down to join Howard. This is the idea? That's the idea. I have been uh, checking the travel uh, flights out there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what, mm-hmm. and what, and what is, what, like, <laughs> let me ask you this. What, what would a danda, Dandaran yes fair be and a Dandaran no fair? Great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, a no fare would be like 1300 bucks. Right. A yes fare would be? Uh, four. Jesus, four. Wow. Where do you think I'm? Well, do I mean, th- I'm still yes you, all the way up do you, to... Wait, wait, wait. What? Do you think I'm in Kitchener? Four. Like, a flight Jesus to Kitchener Christ, is 400 bucks. Yeah. I, oh, I just saw, I saw some 400s yesterday. What, what on yeah, planes? planes? Yeah. Did you look at the details? It probably takes 26 hours and there's two stops. Have you paying attention to that? Yeah. I, I didn't, you're, you're I didn't not drill getting, down that much. Here's the well, thing. You should. I, the kids, I just, I just paid for uh, Spencer mm-hmm. when she was here, and they went on WestJet. Mm-hmm. And I think WestJet's best price, with a little extra for cancellation, like WestJet's 900 bucks. Oh, okay. I don't know what the Air Canada fee is, but look at it this way. If you were going on a vacation yeah. and... Forget, you know, you have to pay for your own food. But if you got flight and a week's accommodation for $900, that's a big, that's a big win. That's, you're right. I'm not saying that uh, $900 was scaring me off, did I now? I think that threshold was in the 13 Well, that was going to be the next question because you yeah. said 13 and then uh, no, 4 is yes. And then I was going to say, is 9 a yes? But this is the way I look at it, too. Say you said yes is seven and a thousand was no. And then I would say for the sake of 300 bucks, you would deprive yourself of a week in Mexico with Howard. This is the way you got to balance these things, right? Right. You got to think it through. What I'd like to know is this. If yes for you. okay, four. forget it. Four hundred. Four hundred bucks. You're going to you know, I don't even think they fly here for four hundred bucks anyway. But let's say, you know, you were thinking a thousand might be your budget, but you got it for seven hundred. Would you give me the other three? <laughs> Would I get the difference yeah. mm-hmm. for uh, for accommodations? For accommodations, yeah, sure. and yeah. you know, yeah, and all that. Because yeah, you, know, you, you will have to feed yourself here. I mean, I'll make breakfast for you, but you're gonna have to like get groceries and do all kinds of things that grown up people do. Well, I can't wait to do that because I am a grown up. All right. So um, yeah. We'll do that. Dan, yeah. So when you're looking at flights, you might want to just click on um, nonstop. Yes. And then, you're, then right. you're going to get an indication or an idea of what it's going to cost. Hey, uh, Fred's, hey, Fred Travel, while you're looking up uh, flights there, let me uh, talk about this grown-up. Uh, that, of course, is uh, Mike. I, I just realized I thought Mike was on with us. So Mike Kazarian is with us uh, tomorrow. But in the meantime, and, and Fred and I heard from Mike... He's got the very first Hummel and Fred listener to check out his offer. And that, of course, is a independent mortgage broker. Lender's Choice Mortgages. Independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance License 13582. It's been a mortgage broker for a long time. And what he does is he makes it easy for you because as opposed to going to the bank and they go, well, this is your rate. Take it or leave it. What Mike will do is check out 75 different options for you. 
And you think about it, man, you're not going to just be taking the first offer given to you. They work with over 75 different types of lenders that will find their alternative private lenders, credit unions, banks. And what that ends up doing is if it can even save you half a point over the life of your mortgage, nowadays, that's a lot of money. They will find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. And we're very proud to have Mike with us. And I can't wait to hear Mike uh, talking tomorrow because it's one of those subjects in Toronto. Mortgages are coming due, millions of them this year. And you're going to want somebody who has spent 20 plus years in the banking business and then became a mortgage broker so he knows of what he speaks. It's Mike Kazarian, a good man. And Lender's Choice Mortgages is where you want to find out more at lenderschoice.ca. And now back to uh, Travel with Humble and Fred. <laughs> and aggravation avoidance with nonstop flights is what we're looking well, at. Well, Dan, you don't want it's it's a it's a four hour flight from Toronto. Anything right. that's four hundred bucks is gonna have you stopping over somewhere. And you don't need that aggravation. Right. Well, you know, I really I haven't looked into it yet. So right, I, right. Uh, I mean, I looked into it briefly, and I thought I'd, I'd after the show, uh, sort of uh, get some date. And make right, sure well, that we'll, that's we'll, cool we'll with you before we went, went cool. ahead and yeah. Okay. All things Dandoran are cool. And oh, remember, nice. for the sake of a couple of hundred bucks, three or four, five hundred bucks, you know, we're dead a long time, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Some of so us have had a head start. We're dead. I get just it. Yeah. I'm going to do yeah. that because it'll be fun. And yes, yeah. right. Yeah. You, you should say hey, that uh, when uh, you're uh, when you're looking online, Dan. Look for the dead along time rate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. By the way, Fred, how's your place? You've uh, you've arrived there since since the good. last. Yeah. Yep. You're you've got uh, some beach access there. You're walking on the beach and keeping your you know parts yeah. all exercise and things. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a stone's throw. I can see the beach. I'm looking at the beach right now. I'm looking at it. Wow. Here, let's yeah. let's let's just watch here. Fred look at the beach. There's Muskoka <laughs> chairs and a beautiful pool, and we have a big spacious place with a lovely terrace and barbecue. It's wonderful. There was some cleanliness issues when we arrived here, but those were looked what, after. What, your own cleanliness or the the place? No, it could have been a little cleaner, yeah. The guy that runs it is a... I think he, like, sticks his head up his ass, and he doesn't do anything unless people ask. Once you ask, he's good, but... Mm. There was a well, couple of little issues. If somebody's got their head up their ass, it's very hard to get them to hear. <laughs> and like, what? what? I can't hear you. But it's, uh, yeah, it's fine. It's very comfortable. You know, it's one of those things when you first get here, you think, oh, fuck, this is a bit weird. And then 36 hours later, everything's fine. And things become of... normal pretty quick. Well, that's yeah, what I was going to say. I, I've been here now t- two weeks and a couple of days. And, you know, I, there was a couple of quirky things I had to figure out. There was some mm-hmm. issue with some... You know, the bottom of the fridge was flooding, and it was just because the people had been here before the cleaners had left the, mm-hmm. the thing slightly open. So I was mopping the floor and a few things like that. Mm-hmm. Also, the garage door has some quirkiness to it in terms of opening and closing it. But I've got it down now, Dan. It's just going to be bike riding. We're going to go snorkeling with turtles. We'll, uh, I'll take you to the driving range. You're going to hit some balls. Uh, you can go to the beach and look at the ocean. There's the ocean. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, that um, sounds eat great. some Mexican food. Do some swimming around looking at that. Have you done that, Fred, or is it warm enough for you to get in there and do some? Oh, I'm, you don't like the, I'm not a big ocean guy. I've been in the pool. Yeah. You haven't um, been in the ocean? No. You're at the ocean. You haven't gone in it. Damn. No, not yet. You're going to see oh. when you get here. The ocean's a bit of a... The boat, the boat, listen, the ocean's great to look at, 
It's not all it's cracked up to be to swim. Because it's all fucking sand and you got to walk. And... One thing about this beach, I will say, since I've been here, one reason I might might be able to believe in, in a god is the female bum. Oh, yeah. That, that took... <laughs> You know what I mean? That took. That was he, that, he was paying attention that day. He was paying attention that day because I have seen some female bums on this beach. Bums, bums. I'm you. I was. I've always been a bit of a bum. Oh, I know. I'll tell you the, the the bums, the bums, the bums. Well, Freddie, I I, I too, Jotan uh, Vienna, as we say in Spanish, I'm more of a more of a bum than boobs. I will tell you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I actually here's how pathetic I am at fucking Scrabble. I actually played the word bum the other night because that's all I fucking had. Yeah, another six letter extravaganza or six point extravaganza. Yeah, Dan, there's bums down here. Dan, you're going to see some bums. Six point uh, bum three three letter bum yeah B-U-M. three letter B U M plus I think it's B is three points and then it was a double letter fucking so it was like okay. anyway right um, beside us right beside us there's a woman I would say late forties early fifties and the bum on her is just like yeah it's like spectacular but even some of the younger ones it's and you know these bathing suits it's just a little. It's just a little string up their crack. Yes, those are there. The band, they, they can't be comfortable. But my goodness, thank! What a wonderful invention! Oh, absolutely. Oh. I uh, was having this discussion with my friend Grant. I said, you know, because uh, we were talking about how much how wonderful the bum is, and I said, you know, these these <laughs> it's the bum's wasted on these young men. They have no idea what to do. With it. <laughs> they have no idea. He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I mean, you know, for instance, that bum there. I wouldn't even kiss her goodnight. I just go right to the bum." <laughs> <laughs> the bum is wasted. The bum is wasted on the youth. On the young. The bum is wasted on the youth, Dan. All right, listen. We uh, we're glad to be back. We've got big work. We got a lot of work to do. To uh, we're doing four shows this week, so uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to ask for. A lot of show. A lot of show. A lot of show. So uh, tomorrow is Bill Brio and Mortgage Mike. In the meantime, this episode of Hubble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lenders Choice Mortgages. For contents and comments, we read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at Humble and Fred Radio.com. That's Humble and Fred at Humble and Fred Radio.com. Tell us what you think. We have that Thursday email show. Don't forget, we would love to talk about you on this show. And here's something else you can do to help us out. Tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast, you know, all the stars and things. That'd be great as well. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, only do aggravation avoidance in moderation. On the other end, there is accomplishment. And that will help you enjoy every goddamn day. Just clap your hands. Just clap your hands. Where's that?